1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: They persistently devoted themselves. They addicted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were dependent on that teaching, thinking this was something they could not do or live without. Why? Because it was the Word of God. It was the Word of life. It was like oxygen, air to their spiritual muscles to their spiritual metabolism. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall
1: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed by each and every one of you for choosing to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And as always, we encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith delivers another message from his sermon series entitled Rethinking Church. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: Father, we come before you as sinners saved by grace, worthless in and of our own selves, but precious and prized by you, so much so that you sent your one and only Son to die in our place for our sins that we might have eternal life. Help us to live our lives as a church in light of that great and costly sacrifice. Our salvation was free to us, but so costly to your son and to you. Father, we know that discipleship is costly, too, as we try to live out our faith in a fallen world. Help us, therefore, as a church, as the bride of Christ, as a body made up of many parts with many skills and abilities and callings to fulfill the calling with which we've been called to, live our lives in a way that stands out rather than blends in with the culture that moves people to ask about the hope that was in us. And Lord, help us now to be not just hearers of the word, but doers, not just a preacher, but a practitioner. We pray this, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Today's message is entitled, The Characteristics of a Healthy Church. It's part two in our series of Rethinking Church or Devoted to Church, which are questions that we have to ask and answer in our own minds and hearts. And our passage today, if you want to begin to turn there, is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. In our family devotions this week, uh, Terry and I were... We're worshiping together in the morning, as is our custom. And uh, in our reading, we came across an explanation as to why churches are dying today and why so many churches are. And the explanation also dealt with why children, believers' children sometimes, churchgoers' children and grandchildren find church so boring, unnecessary, irrelevant, and dispensable. And the reason is, is that many churches today Have become decency clubs. Decency clubs. Where everyone is nice and socially conscious, maybe, and decent, but they have little or no curiosity to the deeper things of God's Word. They are safe places, peaceful, but no one is too excited much about anything theologically precise, except to avoid biblical precision of any meaningful kind, because it offends people. As one theologian remarked, in the 20th century, statements of faith in churches are like modern bathing suits. They don't cover much. And why might this be a problem? Well, a church cannot be a decency club because Christianity is not decent. It's indecent, culturally speaking. It always has been from the birth of the church as we know it in in the first century A.D. And it's a precise religion. And that causes the gospel to stink. The gospel smells to most of many in our culture today. And it always has. And that's why people try to change it, to water it down, to perfume it, to make it palatable. But the word of God says this. For we are an aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance of death, the stench of death. To other, the fragrance of life from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? And that word aroma there uh, comes from the Greek word osme, which means smell, odor, or foul smell. Because Christianity... And good churches have a certain smell to them, depending on who you are and where you stand in light of eternity and where you're headed. So many churches want to be in the middle of the road. So many theological institutions, you know, you have to go and just look online at how many seminaries are selling their property and closing and losing attendance because they want to be middle of the road. But the problem is the middle is always shifting and shifting in the wrong direction. And if you try to stay in the middle, eventually no one cares about you or has much interest in you like so many dead and dying churches today. These air freshened churches and institutions die. It's a subtle death that begins gradually and then like a snowball rolling downhill or a stone rolling downhill, it picks up speed. And we've seen that ourselves, haven't we? And the death of such churches is a good thing because Christ removes their lampstand or they are cut down, metaphorically speaking, and thrown into the fire by him. Now, admittedly, biblical churches, churches that love Jesus, they have a smell that draws some in and drives some out. That's the smell of life. It's the exercise of spiritual fitness, spiritual sweat. And hence, uh, they're not decency clubs, It's the smell of life. A healthy church is not unlike a spiritual gym where there is a holy sweat, a holy gym. A healthy church often stinks to the unbeliever who wants nothing to do with God, but it has a peculiar smell that draws some in. Why? Because there are Christians there working out their faith, working out their salvation with fear and trembling, exerting themselves into God's service, Spiritual exertion requires that we break a sweat. Like the servant we talked about last week, working in the field to please his master and watching over the sheep, he has an aroma, a discernible smell, and you will like or dislike that smell depending on your attitude toward God. And that's why we read, we are an aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, who are looking for God. To one, a fragrance from death to death. That's the stench. They're reminded of the fact that they have rejected God and they are going to rot in hell. Uh, And to others, the fragrance of life to life. And if you haven't noticed today, when we talk about the church smelling and stinking, I'm going to to be using some... uh, What some would say, counterintuitive language. Uh, Just bear with me, I'm not trying to be irreverent, but I want you to be on the lookout for some other words like obstinate and uh, addiction as we talk today. So much for the introduction. Last week, we began a new series, Rethinking the Church, and we asked three questions. I want to review them quickly to start that series. One is, whose church is it anyway? And we understood it's not our church, Uh. It's Christ's church and he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And because he's the builder, we should follow his design and not meddle with it. We cannot improve on his design. He doesn't want or need our gimmicks. He wants our obedience, our submission, our sweat. Secondly, we ask, well, just what is the church? And we describe the church using the word of God as an intimate Relationship like husband and wife between the bride that is the church and Jesus Christ. It is the body of Christ made up of different kinds of people, different parts, different members that belong to the body. The body doesn't belong to them. And then we ask a third question, is the church a Christian club or an organization? We said, no, it's an organism. We went back to the body metaphor and Pastor Mark read that passage just now that the eye cannot say to the Bible. To the body, I have no need of you. We're all part of it, and we suffer together, and we rejoice together, and we labor together because all parts are essential. And this body, this church, is composed of called-out ones, Ecclesia, 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 ek- Preposition that means from and Kaleo to call the called out ones who have been raised up for a particular time, for a particular reason, in a particular place, for a particular calling. That's why I'm always saying you've been raised up for such a time as this. That's what the church is. And we talked about the fact, too, that ultimately your view of the church, the church is uh, disposability, the church is uh, can I fit the church in my schedule? Your view of the church reveals your view of Jesus. If the church is dispensable, if the relationships there can be put on hold, that's your attitude towards the groom, the husband of the church, Jesus Christ. If you can take or leave church, if you can, eh, you know, it's raining today, and you're here today, and I'm grateful for that. That reveals how you really honestly see Jesus. So, we continue to talk about today, what does a healthy church look like? And today we're going to derive and distill three characteristics of a healthy church, regardless of its size, wealth, prestige, or privilege. We're going to look to Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, and with these three characteristics, we'll see them expressed in many wonderful ways within the text. So what I want to do is to unpack this so that you can understand what makes a healthy church and personally pursue such things as a part of the body of Christ. So, Acts 2, 42 to 47. The context is, of course, Peter's Pentecost sermon. In verse 41, it says that 3,000 souls were added that day and received baptism, right? And so we come to verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. Why was that? Because they had just been delivered from death into life. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' preaching, teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And on top of this, Many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles. Verse 44, and all who believed, all who truly believed, were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. There's a sacrificial giving and living. Verse 46, and day by day, daily, attending the temple together, And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Well, there's a lot going on here. and We won't be able to get to all of it today. But what we're going to see here is a fervency that you don't see so much these days in the Western church, particularly the American church. It's almost an addiction, an obstinate devotion, a dogged commitment to Christ and therefore his church. Again, this was not a decency club. These people were going to be persecuted. i got to read this again. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul. So let's consider, let's consider that first characteristic of a healthy church, and that is devotion. And where do you see that? You see that in Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers. Devoted. What's in a word? Proskartereo. That's what it is. And it means to persist obstinately. The Greek word means to persist obstinately. I just love that word, obstinately. And obstinately means a stubborn adherence to an opinion, purpose, or course in spite of reason, arguments, or persuasion, or persecution. You cannot be distracted or dissuaded from that course. Sinclair Ferguson describes it as, a, as an addiction, like a drug addiction, And addicts, if you know any addicts, cannot be dissuaded from their course of action. You think of uh, the parable where the kingdom of God is like a treasure that a man finds in a field, and he sells all that he has to buy the field. The value of Christ and his church. Devotion. The word there also uh, in Afrikaans is feistabite, which means like a pit bull latching on. It cannot be pride off that's the sense here a dogged devotion this devotion is expressed in a healthy church in a number of ways look with me here at 242a devotion to the teaching and they obstinately devoted themselves they persistently devoted themselves they doggedly devoted themselves they addicted themselves to the apostles teaching they were dependent on that teaching, thinking this was something they could not do or live without. Why? Because it was the word of God. It was the word of life. It was like oxygen, air to their spiritual muscles, to their spiritual metabolism. Well, let's notice a couple of things here. Grammatically, they devoted themselves. Subject, they the people of God, action verb, devoted, devoted to what? Direct object, themselves. Their devotion was active. It was was exertion. It was like the people returning from exile in Nehemiah 8, where they told Ezra to bring the book. They met as one man in the temple the men, the women, and all who could understand. And they said, bring the book, please. I remember, I remember I spent some time at a, at a Bible college, Tebu Theological College in Tarwa, in the, in the, in the Republic of Kiribati. It's spelled Kiribati. Uh, and after a sermon, uh, the head man in this village would stand, And he would repeat from memory before his people, after hearing the emitong, that was the visiting white man, um, preach, he would review the points of the sermon from memory, verbatim. And this chief, if you want to call him that, was setting an example for his people. He showed how he valued The teaching. He labored at listening. He expended energy. He sweated it out. And a healthy church is like that. It's devoted to the teaching, like that head man. He didn't want his people to forget what they heard as they left. He didn't sit there. He didn't want his people to listen passively. And so he exemplified what he wished. What he desired for them, what he practiced himself. And that's like a healthy church. It actively clings to values, hungers for the teaching so that they can apply it. They are devoted to the teaching, they are addicted to God's word, they are obstinate in their focus. The question is Is that us? Is that me? Is that you? Here's another aspect. Devotion to the fellowship. Call that verse 242b. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. That word is koinonia, which was abused in the 80s and the 90s and probably the 70s, becoming a social thing. Koinonia, we hang out together. Well, there's an aspect of that. But that word has more to do with partnership, a partnership in ministry, a partnership in life, doing life together, not just a potluck once in a while. There is a social aspect to it, but these people were drawn to one another. They were like-minded. They were partners in ministry, and being together was important. And so they devoted themselves to the believing community. No matter the cost, no matter the inconvenience, no matter the persecution, no matter the labor or the sweat involved. Then, as now, the church family was important. It was not an extracurricular activity. It was not something they could add in or drop for a few months and pick up later on. It was their consuming pastime. They weren't out on their own doing their own thing. They were a team, a body. Everybody plays. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a team sport. Everybody plays. Everybody is committed to the team because everybody loves Jesus. If you're not committed to the church, I don't care how much you say you're a Christian, you can't love Christ. You're, you're a pretender. You're self-deceived. If the church isn't important to you, there's something wrong with you. How you see Jesus is how you see the church, and how you see the church is how you see Jesus. And if you don't love the bride, you can't love the groom. They're a package deal. A healthy church is committed. It's obstinately committed to its ministry. It is addicted to serving the Savior, to participating, to following What is their reasonable service of worship? Your attitude toward the church reveals your attitude toward Christ and the business, the family business, that is the ministry, the partnership of the body. So a healthy church devotes itself to the business of ministry, fellowship, partnership. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's how we are. Devotion is also expressed by devotion to the ordinances, devotion to the ordinances. Where do we see that? We see that in Acts 242. Now here it only lists communion because in 241 it says, "Those who received the word were baptized, and that day there were added three thousand souls. Divor- devotion to the ordinances is seen in Acts 242 C. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, and don't miss this, to the breaking of bread. To the breaking of bread. There's a definite article there, the breaking of bread. Later on, they'll talk about breaking bread where they're eating in their homes. This is the Lord's table. This is communion. They held tightly to communion. Why? For what it represented, for whom it represented, and for what he commanded. This do in remembrance of me.
1: Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. If you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, Here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California 95136 The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782 And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at, Keith at hillside.org.